The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood along the shore. And he spoke to them at length in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground where it had little soil. It sprang up at once because the soil was not deep. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and it withered for lack of roots. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. But some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. Whoever has ears ought to hear. The disciples approached him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? He said to them in reply, Because knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven has been granted to you, but to them it has not been granted. To anyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. From anyone who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because they look and do not see, and hear but do not listen or understand. Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them, which says, You shall indeed hear, but not understand. You shall indeed look, but never see. Gross is the heart of this people. They will hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and be converted, and I heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. Amen, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see but did not see it, and to hear what you hear but did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. The seed sown on the path is the one who hears the word of the kingdom without understanding it. And the evil one comes and steals away what was sown in his heart. The seed sown on rocky ground is the one who hears the word and receives it at once with joy. But he has no root and lasts only for a time. When some tribulation or persecution comes because of the word, he immediately falls away. The seed sown among thorns is the one who hears the word, but then worldly anxiety and the lure of riches choke the word and it bears no fruit. But the seed sown on rich soil is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Then Worldly anxiety and the lure of riches choke the word, and it bears no fruit. One of the key, I guess, revelations or insights that I've received in the whole of my spiritual life is pretty simple, but it, it's this insight that's going to probably take me the rest of my life to really integrate into not just my brain, but my heart. The insight is this. 
at every single moment, Jesus is laboring to love me. At every single moment, Jesus is laboring to love me, laboring to love us. It's really easy for us and it's really easy for me to fall into a mentality only when I do X, Y, Z or when I'm in a certain context will I receive Jesus' love. Will I feel loved? Will I earn love? And this is a huge problem because this parable shows that God is scattering the seed of His love, which is the Son, which is the Holy Spirit on us at all times, regardless of our disposition to receive it. He's always coming. He's always coming in. The whole question is, are we disposed to receive what Jesus is giving? Did you catch the obstacles to receiving the word, to receiving love that Jesus identifies? This is, I think, the only scripture I can think of where Jesus gives commentary on his own teaching. So we don't have to go figuring out what does he mean by this parable? He actually told us himself. He identified three primary things that take away our ability to bear fruit, our ability to receive the word. The first, the evil one comes and steals it away. The reality of Satan and his companion spirits. The second, tribulation or persecution that comes because of the word. We could call this the influence of other people. And then finally, worldly anxiety and the lure of riches choke the word and it bears no fruit. These are the three that he identifies. There's probably others, but these are the ones that he thought were important enough to actually explain to us whether it is the evil one, whether it is persecution from other people, or whether it is worldly anxiety and just being concerned with material things. I have to admit, you know, I'm a new pastor and I am a type A personality and I am German and I do like having my ducks in a row. When I come into a situation that's completely new and I'm supposed to be in charge, and I see all of these things, and I'm trying to understand how this is going, how this should be going, what I would like to see happen. My mind is just constantly on overdrive, just thinking through things. I'm just thinking about, and multiply it by three, because it's not just here, right? I have two other parishes. There's a whole lot of things that I need to understand in order to be a better pastor for these situations. I'm only a couple weeks in. So my obstacle to receiving Jesus' love for me in these last few weeks has been these worldly anxiety that he's talking about. I have to figure out and I have to solve all of these little problems around me. And it all depends on me. Even my prayer time, I'm sad to say, first thing in the morning, I haven't even opened email or anything. First thing in the morning, I kneel down and I start trying to solve problems that I see. And that's not prayer time. That's me figuring out stuff time. That's not time with the Lord because prayer first and foremost is receiving Jesus's love for me. But I'm so caught up in these little things that I think I have to take care of. There's no room for him. So maybe you resonate with that or maybe you resonate with the other things. 
Maybe you feel the influence of the evil one or these companion spirits that are just always trying to snatch up any good thing that is happening in our souls. What I would like to do um, to prepare our hearts to receive Jesus in the Eucharist is to renounce a, a few of these spirits, particularly the spirits associated with the deadly sins. Pride, lust, anger, greed, gluttony, envy, and sloth. So these are not just sins, there are also spirits of these things. So, for example, someone that struggles with lust or anger, yes, they might have contributed to having this issue through their own actions, but it can also be transmitted to them. Say your parents or your grandparents really struggled in this area, there can be a there can be a transmission of these things even generationally. Or someone in your life that you cross boundaries with, all of a sudden their stuff becomes your stuff. So what we're going to do right now is renounce in Jesus' name any of these spirits that are at work. Again, I'm not saying that we're not responsible for any of our actions, nor am I saying the devil causes all of our problems. But Jesus acknowledges here that he is one of the problems. And so we're just going to reduce his grasp, his control in different areas of our life. And so you're just going to repeat after me and we're going to renounce in Jesus' name these seven deadly sins accompanied by seven deadly spirits. Jesus in your name. Jesus in your name. I reject and renounce. I reject and renounce the spirits of Pride, lust, and anger. The spirits of pride, lust, and anger. Greed and gluttony. Greed and gluttony. Envy and sloth. Envy and sloth. I command these spirits to leave me now. I command these spirits to leave me now in the name of Jesus. Jesus, I welcome your spirits of faith, hope, and love. Jesus, I welcome your spirits of faith, hope, and love. Peace and joy. Peace and joy. Humility and purity. Humility and purity. Meekness and kindness. Meekness and kindness. Generosity and fortitude generosity and fortitude. Jesus, I give you permission to love me. Jesus, I give you permission to love me. I give you control. I give you control. Amen. Amen. Jesus, I thank you and I praise you for your abundant blessings. You never cease to scatter the seed of your love of the Holy Spirit upon us. Jesus, open our eyes, our ears, our hearts, and our bodies to receive more of your love. We want more of you. We reject and renounce anything that opposes us being able to receive more of you. Jesus, we surrender all of the obstacles, all of the walls that we have put up in front of our minds and our hearts, and we give you permission to love us. Jesus, open our bodies and our minds and our hearts to receive you more radically in this Eucharist. Jesus, thank you for scattering right here and right now your love for us. Thank you for laboring to love us right now. Amen.